But uh, anyway, well, this morning, uh, as you can see on the screen, I want to preach a message simply entitled, What Now? What Now? Luke chapter 2, we're going to read Luke's account of the Christmas story, uh, beginning verse number 17. It says, Now when they had seen him, this is referring to the shepherds, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorified and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. May the Lord add his blessing to his word this morning. I do want to say one last thing. We had some food left over from the uh, funeral meal yesterday, some ham and some brisket. We'll have it out there if anybody needs that, knows somebody does. Please help us take that and dispose of it. Uh, eat it is what, is what I'm saying. Is what I'm saying. Um, so, so let's get right into this. I, I know I've said this a lot this Christmas season. I probably say it a lot every year. But um, Christmas is a very polarizing holiday. Used to not be that way. You know, I can remember as a kid growing up, I mean, I remember the sights and the sounds and I remember the joyous celebrations and it really didn't matter where you went. You went to the mall and you had, you had angels and you had the Christmas tree and you had choirs and Noel and all this kind of stuff. And, 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 but that's changed. You know, it's changed a lot in, in my lifetime. And, you know, I, I mean, the idea of Christ coming, uh, you know, celebrating that, that Jesus came into the world, in my opinion, is a good thing. I mean, when you start talking about a Savior, God becoming the incarnation, God becoming one of us to do for us what we cannot do ourselves, I, I think that's a good thing to celebrate. But not everybody agrees with me. Uh, not everybody today believes or agrees, agrees with that sentiment right there. You know, some people today lament the commercialization of Christmas. Well, I understand that. I understand that, uh, you know, I mentioned it last week that in my time there's been, there was Tickle Me Elmo and there was... Um, Cabbage Patch Kid and, and all that kind of stuff where people just seem to get worked up over the gifts. And we run to and fro trying to find the perfect gift for that special person in our lives. And so, you know, uh, everything we're hit with, you know, if you're on social media or if you're on the uh, Internet anyway, in, in any shape or form, every time you breathe the word, they're going to start advertising whatever you said. Right? Uh, you know, they're going to start pushing for you to buy something. And, and understand, you know, it's, it's commercialization of Christmas. There are other people that don't have so much of a problem with the commercialization of it. They have a problem with the parties, the endless parties, and the expense of it all. I read the other day that the average person will spend between $1,000 and $1,500 on gifts. Some of you look at me like, well, that's pretty low. <laughs> you know, I mean, when you make, anyway, I'm not going there. So, so the question is, with all that going on, so, so the question is, should we celebrate Christmas? Well, my answer is absolutely we should. We should celebrate Christmas. I mean, but then the follow-up question is, well, then how should we celebrate? I mean, you know, again, I, if we're going to celebrate, how should we celebrate Christmas? And, and what I want to say to that is that I think we should celebrate at, with the reality that at the core of why he came was he came to be a Savior. And to me, what better way to celebrate the birth of a Savior, than becoming a Christian. Right? What better way to celebrate the birth of a Savior than to become a believer? And if you're online this morning and you're watching maybe this week somewhere around the world and you're not a believer, it's very easy. Paul tells us how to do it. Jesus 
Uh, we're told, he told Nicodemus, you must be born again. John said, if you, confess with, if you confess your sins, he's what? He's faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse us. Paul said in Romans to uh, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in your heart that God has raised Christ from the dead, we'd be saved. That, that, it's a simple thing. Now, it's not simple living after the salvation, but it is a simple thing to be saved. Okay? So, so again, at the core, I mean, here's the reality. Until you and I, until we call him my Savior, we'll never fully understand what Christmas is all about. That's just it. Some people think it's about a, uh, a heavyset man shimmying down a, 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 a chimney, bringing gifts to everyone. And, 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 and some people think, you know, the tinsel and the toys and all of those things. It's more than that. Much more than that. Again, and until you call him my Savior, you will not understand the full implication of what Christmas is all about. That's why when we talk about praying for those who are not believers, we pray that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened so that they might see God's truth and believe. It is a spiritual thing. So in our text here today, um, it describes the response of those who first heard the message of the salvation or the, the Savior being born. And, and as you look through there, each of these four verses tell a different response of what they did when they heard the news and when they saw the baby Jesus. And, and I think that it kind of sheds a little bit of light to, uh, on us or for us how we should celebrate Christmas every year. Charles Spurgeon preached a, a sermon on this text. He called it Holy Work for Christmas. Boyce also preached a message on this uh, one entitled How to Celebrate Christmas. And Again, if you look at the, the text, he, again, gives us some responses of how you and I should celebrate Christmas, and, and so I'm going to give those to you. So let's look at these great applications for today's Christmas service. Number one, proclaiming. Notice verse 17. It says, when they had seen him, what did they do? They spread the word. Okay? Notice that. They spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. Now, again, this is their first response, and, and, I, and I love this because, uh, as I've said oftentimes, I, one of, my, of all the characters of Scripture, I really like the shepherds. Now, I like them all, obviously, but I mean, I, I, I really like the shepherds because you've got to remember, the first ones to hear the news about a Savior being born was a bunch of lowly shepherds. I like that. What I'm saying is that they were nobodies. You see, they, the announcement didn't come, it didn't come to, the royalty, to royalty, it didn't come to the privileged, it didn't come to the wealthy, it came to the outcasts and the rejects. The lowest of low among society is the ones who receive the message that a Savior has been born. And, and then when they heard the message, what did they do? The Bible says, they said, let us go at once. You know, if it had been a modern day, they would say, well, let me... Let me get all these things situated first. Not them. They left their responsibilities. They left their duties. When, the, when God called them, when they heard the revelation, they left what they were doing and said, let us go at once and see this thing that has been told to us. When they get over there and they see the baby Jesus, they are amazed, they are overwhelmed, and then Luke says their first response was they spread the word. They spread the word. Again, that's, to me, that's one of the fascinating stories of Christmas. Because, again, they heard the declaration first. They went to Bethlehem, found the Savior of the world in a feeding trough. 
And outside of Mary and Joseph, I mean, think about this. Outside of Mary and Joseph, the only people in the world who knew at that moment that Jesus had been born were the rejects of society, the shepherds. The only ones. After 400 years of silence, heaven chose to communicate with the nobodies. I don't know about you, but I like that because I'm a nobody. And I'm glad that heaven still communicates with the nobodies, with the outcasts, and with the rejects, and with people that are told that you'll never amount to anything, that you're no good, you're no good, baby, you're no good. Heaven still communicates with people like that. I mean, again, if you and I, you think about it, if you and I were scripting this story, we wouldn't script it like this, right? I mean, again, there's, to me, there's no drama to it. I, I, well, I think there's drama to it, but I mean, there, there's nothing sensational about it in, in the sense of if we were scripting it. I mean, what I mean by that is that if we were going to write this story, we might do something like this. Jesus would have been born in Jerusalem to a wealthy family in a palace or a mansion of some sort, and then he would have been, he would have been attended by the high and mighty. And there would have been no doubt that this was the Son of God who had come into the world. I mean, if I was going to script it, that would be how I would script it. But here's the thing. God's ways are not our ways. And he chose these lowly shepherds to hear the news. And and I think partly why he chose them was because he knew how they would respond. Just like Mary, God chose Mary. And she's like, why would he choose somebody like me? I think God God chose her because he knew what type of person she was. I think he chose these shepherds to hear the great news because he knew that they would go and see and they would go and see and then they would go and tell. And that was the calling. And by the way, it's still the calling. We come and see a Savior who changes us, then we go and tell everybody what he's done for us. You see, again, I I think he chose them partly because he knew how they would respond I mean, initially, after being terrified, <laughs> which, who could, who could blame them, right? you got, you got to understand, when the angel burst through that dark night, I mean, imagine being out in the middle of the wilderness, the Judean uh, wilderness, desert, in the middle of the night, watching, tending these flock, and you've been doing this for however many long, however long they have been alive, they're out there doing this, and then all of a sudden, uh, the, the atmosphere changes, and there's an angel there. You got to understand, angels aren't like these fat cherubs that we see at, at Valentine's Day. In fact, I saw a drawing the other day of somebody that went to the book of Ezekiel, talked about the wheel within the wheel. Talk, he, he actually drew a picture based on Ezekiel's description of the seraphim that are in heaven. And when I saw his picture, I thought, I'd be scared too. I mean, I mean there, there's nothing like what you and I see. Uh, in an in, in, in artist's rendition of what an angel would be like. So again, when the angel appeared, they're probably initially terrified, but then they responded in faith. They responded in faith. Everything, And when they got there, everything was just like the angel had told them. And then what did they do? What did they do? They told everyone they met what they had seen and what they had heard. You know what? I can't help but wonder in 2022, would we have been so obedient? If the announcement had come to us, would we have been so obedient? Would we have believed, number one? And then number two, would we have gone to Bethlehem? Would we have given up, as I said, would we have uh, given up our responsibility for that moment? Would we have left our responsibility, left our duties to go and see what God had done in the world? Would we have done that? Would we be so quick to tell the story? 
know, they did what all Christians should do. And that is they told others what they had seen and what they had heard. What did the shepherds, what the shepherds did, every one of us here can do. Without hesitation, we can do it. Here's the thing, share your story. You know, you don't have to have a, a theological degree or certificate uh, telling you you're, you're versed in scripture memorization or the plan of salvation. You don't have to do, tell your story. One of the reasons that, uh, that I, I'm always try, I always try to be very transparent and share my story is I have a story. It's my story. It's my story. And it's still being written today. You have a story as well. Go and share your story and say, hey, come see a man who showed me or told me everything I've ever done. Come see a man that took a, a, a societal reject and, and redeemed him and called him. Show, tell your story. That's what they did. And invite others to come to Christ. Good news, listen, is for sharing, right? Good news is for sharing. If, 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 somebody, if you go to a good restaurant and you're blown away by the service, you're blown away by the, the food, the quality, and, and, and just aren't you going to tell somebody? I mean, you're going to like, hey, man, you... You need to go check out this. You need to go check this place out. Good news is for sharing. Now, I mean, you might go to a bad restaurant and you're going to share that too, but I mean, it's still good news if you don't let them waste their money. But that was the first way. That's the first way we can celebrate Christmas is by telling somebody, telling people what Jesus has done in our lives. The second thing they did was wonder, wondering. Look at verse 18. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. They were amazed. Now, I like that. This is the reaction from those who heard the shepherds. They were, they were amazed. Let me ask you, have you ever heard a story that amazed you? I mean, that just really captured uh, your attention, that, that just seized upon your emotions. Just imagine these men. And I, I, I was thinking about this this week. Imagine these men, these shepherds, sitting out there like they'd always done, watching these flock the night illuminates with the angelic choir of heaven they hear the news they run to bethlehem see what's going on now you got to stand that it, it was i mean it was about six miles i mean it, it, it was a good, good little trek but they go and see and then they go back and start telling how would you describe that i mean again think about, I, I think about these guys that I, I know somebody in the early service made a comment about the promise they got a little scene in there where these shepherds are like what is it you know why us What's, what's so good about a shepherd, you know, things like that. And I, I mean, can you imagine them trying to get an audience and then them telling them, hey, I, I kid you not, we're out there. I, I know you think that we're crazy and we've probably been on the bottle too much, but, but I, I'm, not, I'm not playing, man. I'm telling you, we were out there in the middle of the night and all of a sudden, boom, there's this angel in front of me and saying, like, hey, I bring you good tidings of great joy. How would you describe that? But that's what they do. They're describing this, and that. How would you how would you describe the, the finding the baby Jesus, the Savior of the world, in a feeding trough? The Bible says everyone who heard it were they were amazed. You know, it's important to understand there are two kinds of amazement. Okay, one of them, the first type, has to do with a temporary fascination over an unusual turn of events. Now, if you're a cowboy fan, I, I did I picked on them earlier. I'm going to do it again. I'll, but here's the thing. Every year since 1996, Cowboy fans have said, this is our year. Super Bowl, baby. Now, it could happen. It could happen. It might be unusual, <laughs> you know. Uh, but it's not miraculous. It's not miraculous. 
So that's one type of, fascin uh, of amazement. It's a temporary <laughs> fascination over an unusual turn of events. But then there's another kind of amazement that we would call holy wonder. Holy wonder. And it comes from seeing God at work in our world. You think about that. Have you ever seen God at work in our world? I mean, have you, have you ever seen something happen that just caused you to stop and say, that was God? That was God. See, these holy wonders began in Genesis as God spoke and stars flew into, play, in the, into their place. He spoke and the earth took up its orbit. He spoke and the birds took flight. The fish began to swim and horses began to gallop across the plains. That's what he did. It was a wonderful thing. I was sharing the early service this morning. Every one of us here probably, if we stopped and thought about it, have times where we've seen the wonder of God in our life. That's a holy wonder. It happens and we are amazed at what God does. I was sharing with them a story many of you are familiar with. I happened to my family and I many, many years ago. We were pastoring here. It would have been in the, in the late 90s. And we had gone to see my family in Mobile, Alabama. We had gone on a, on a trip and we were coming home. I had a, I don't even remember what year it was. I think it was a 1996 Ford, purple Ford. Well, they called it Plum, but it was purple. I'm telling you, it was just purple. Ford Taurus. And we had gone to visit. We were on our way back, and we had just stopped. It was early in the morning, and we had just stopped on I-20 there, right at around Lafayette, Louisiana. And we'd filled up with gas, and we'd get back in the car. My children are small. My wife uh, was well, and we're, we're, we'd just come from visiting family. We get on Interstate 49, and we're driving north to come up to Shreveport, hit 20, and head on west over here to Dallas. And early that morning, as we get back on, on 49, we're driving the speed limit about, about 70 miles an hour. Okay, maybe a little more than 70 miles an hour. <laughs> but we're, dri we're driving, and we're I'm in the right-hand lane, and we're passed on the left-hand side, by a truck pulling a trailer full of lawn equipment. And, is that, and if you know anything about Louisiana roads, um, they're, they, they're, they're holy. I'm not, right, not righteous holy. They're just holy. They got holes everywhere. I mean, you can be a dead sleep and cross into the Louisiana, and you, I mean, you'll wake up like, we must be in Louisiana, because, I mean, it's just a, you know, it's just everywhere. So a truck pulling this trailer hits a pothole in the middle of the interstate doing about 75 miles an hour, a two-gallon steel gas can flies out of that truck, lodges right behind the driver's side tire under my car. I had no idea what had happened. I hear this awful noise, uh, and so I'm doing the best I can to slide or to, to slow down and to slide over on the on the median to to be able to get out and look. And my dad was a 35-year firefighter. He taught me fire safety. I'm still right now. You know, I, I want things off my, my cooktop. I don't want anything on there. Uh, my, there's this things I do right, even right now that my dad taught me, fire safety. So I get out, and when I look, and I saw what it was, and there was a stream of gas that was probably about 100, 150 feet down the highway. When I saw what that was, it scared me, and I yelled to my children and my wife, get out of the car and run. Get out of the car and run. They got out of the car and they ran away from the automobile. I jacked the car up 
and got the gas can. The guy didn't know anything about it. He was already long gone, didn't know anything about it. It'd been a bad day when he got to his first assignment, had no gas. <laughs> but uh, I get the, the can out, I throw it off on the side of the road, I get back in the car, I compose myself, made the trip on home. I get home and I call my dad. My dad, I said, Dad, let me just tell you what happened. And my dad paused. He said, Son, he said, You don't understand. He said, I've never seen a steel gas can drug across a concrete road and it not spark. I mean, you, you drive behind a trailer and you see those chains just sparking. He said, I've never seen a, a steel gas can drug like that and it not spark. Had it sparked, that car would have exploded with my family in it. None of us would be here today or severely hurt. That's a holy wonder. That is a holy wonder. I get back and I'll tell you the rest of the story. We had a couple that were living in the, here at that time by the name of J.R. and Joanna Fields. Lived at 320 North Tyndale. That morning of our event, she, was, she happened to be outside. Our, J.R. was sitting out on the patio uh, eating breakfast and she came out the back door and she stopped and she said jr we got to pray for our pastor right now and so they started praying and when she saw me that next sunday she said pastor what was going on and she called the date what was happening at that time and i told her the story and she said that's why god had me stop and we pray for you that's a holy wonder Amen. it is marveling at God's intervention. Tom's got stories. We all have stories of how God has stepped in to our lives and, and it causes us to be amazed. That's the amazement. Christmas is a time of holy wonder. Again, everything may not be going the way you want it to and you may have had some bruises and some bumps and some some really hard times and maybe you're in a hard time right now but Christmas time is a time of holy wonder. I mean, why would Jesus trade the splendor of heaven for a sin-sick world? Why would he do that? Why would he lay aside his divine prerogatives and take upon himself human flesh and become one of us? It's a holy wonder. How can a king be born in a feeding trough? How could the world ignore his coming? You see, it's no different today. Christ is with us, and yet there's so many people that ignore him today. I was, I was perusing some social media stuff, and a question was posed. There was an article about the demise of the church, and it talked about how the church continues to, to uh, lose people, faithful attenders to church. And there were people commenting that the church has lost its way, and one guy talked about, well, I just think that each person ought to figure it out on their own, and, you know, I, and it was everything in me not to comment, because I thought, you know, that's the most dangerous thing you could ever say, is each man figure it out on your own, but I commented, I just couldn't resist it, I did comment, and I said, you know what, I said, this article refers to what's happening in advanced societies, because missiologists tell us that everywhere else in the world, the church is exploding in growth. In places where it's illegal to do what we're doing, there are people risking their life and their limbs to worship with their brothers and sisters in the Lord. I said, it's only a Western problem that the church is losing people. I said, because we become cold and apathetic and indifferent to the things of God. There's a holy wonder. I mean, Christmas time, we ought to be amazed at Christmas. 
Again, not at the, not at the tinsel, and, and the team has done such a wonderful job of decorating this year. But, but here's the thing. It's more than that. It's more than I saw Mommy kissing Santa Claus under the mistletoe last night. It's more than Frosty the Snowman or Here Comes Santa Claus or all these. It's more than that. Johnny Williams, had a, he was singing yesterday, and he was going to sing Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer for one of the songs. <laughs> I know you're not. <laughs> it's more than that. If we manage to go through Christmas season without ever pausing to think about the wonder of it all, can, can I just make a statement? Let me just submit to you that we have missed the entire reason for Christmas. If we are not in awe of what, and, and I think that's one thing when we get to heaven, we'll see clearly and we'll understand, but, but Christmas is so dynamic and so full of meaning. That's why it's joy to the world, peace. It's all those things. We ought to be amazed at Christmas. This is why I love to watch children, especially this time of year. Man, you can take them to the mall and they see the decorations long as my grandkids don't see Santa, they're okay. <laughs> they have this thing about characters, they don't like them. But their eyes, they just, they're full of wonder. They've not, they've not been laden with the cares of life, and they're just overwhelmed. You have lights, and you have the music, and, and, and the smells, and it's just, it's such a festive time of year. Maybe, maybe and these children have it, and they look forward to Christmas. They want the tree up in September. Because they're counting down the days. Emerson, my youngest, gets up in the morning. Alexa, play Christmas music. True story. Right, Mom? Yeah. And she'll do that all year. There's just something about it. Maybe that's why Jesus said in Matthew 18, unless you change and become like a little child, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. Because they love the fascination, the pageantry of it all. See, there was wondering. That's a response. We can, we can be amazed at this time of year. Oh, I know. I, I'm 57. I've celebrated 57 Christmases. I preached over 30 Christmases. It's still full of joy and peace and, and good tidings and great joy. We can respond with amazement or wondering. Number three, pondering. Pondering. Verse 19, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Now, the word treasure, treasured literally means to count things up. It's kind of like having a list, checking it twice. You want to find out if you forgot anything. Now, nah, I'm messing with you. <laughs> Who's not here or not? You, I mean, it, that's kind of the idea of treasure, counting things up, seeing that you're not forgetting anything. It's kind of like what you do at the end of the day. You kind of go through a mental picture of listing. Did I do this? Did I do this? I, I, I'm a type A. You know, I want to be able to have these things accomplished at the end of the day. That's kind of what treasured means. Now, the word pondered is a little different. The word pondered goes deeper than simply wondering. Pondering goes to, it, 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 it's going deeper, it's going deeper beneath the surface to understand why it happened to begin with, what happened in the first place. So you think about Mary, the Bible says Mary pondered those things in her heart. What did it mean? It means that she started digging deep down inside to understand all that was going on at that moment. No doubt she probably thought of her cousin Elizabeth when she went to visit her at six months along. She walks in to greet Elizabeth and what does the Bible say? That John the Baptist left inside her womb. 
She probably thought about that and, 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 and began to ponder or think deeply about what that meant. She probably thought about what Gabriel had said to her when he greeted her and how Joseph responded when he found out that she was pregnant and the child wasn't his. Thinking deeply about those things. And then the amazement filled her heart, you know, the dream that Joseph had. She must have recalled that journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem. I promise you it wasn't a nice journey. You know, when the Bible says they went down to Jerusalem or down to Bethlehem, it literally is. You know, I never understood that until I was in the Holy Land and, and, and the elevation is significant. You're up here in Nazareth and they go down 70 miles to Bethlehem and they're not doing it with dart. They're not doing it with Hertz Rental. They're not doing it on American Airlines or Southwest. They're doing it on a, on a one-cylinder donkey. She thought about it, pondered it. She had a lot to think about, right? <laughs> and, and, and I promise you, no doubt, did she also continue to wonder, why would God choose her? Out of all the women in the world, why would God choose her? She pondered those things. She heard the stories. She heard Gabriel announce, you shall call his name Jesus, for he'll be the savior of mankind. She recalls the shepherds, glory to God, telling the story, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill, good tidings, and great joy to all people. She pondered those things. She thought about it. You say, well, what does that have to do with me? How can I celebrate Christmas by pondering? Well, think about this. Pondering pondering's hard work. Maybe that's why most of us never get around to doing that. It's, it's hard work it, because it ta- you got to put down the video games, controllers, lay aside your device, and you got to stop for a minute. This is a perfect year, time of year to ponder. I mean, what better time than in, at the end of December to ponder what God has been teaching you in 2022? What better time to sit there and, 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 and think about it. I mean, take a look back over the past 12 months of your life, 2022, and consider the ways and the, uh, uh, and the works of God in your life and the world around you. I mean, start looking. I have people say, well, Pastor, I, ju- I just want to see God in my daily life. I promise you, if you'll stop long enough to look, you'll find him. You'll find him. I mean, when was the last time you ceased your running to and fro and you took an inventory of your life? Right now, businesses will be doing inventory. They want to find out where they are as the year ends so they can begin on an on a, on a understanding. When was the last time you did that in your personal life? You stopped and had an inventory. Many are asking, again, where God is in their daily life. I assure you that if you will pause from all the busyness and pay attention to the things that are going on in your life over the last year, you'll find God. You'll see God, His handiwork in things that you can't even begin to imagine right now. Because I'm sure every one of us here has these moments in 2022 where if we stop and look long enough and say, you know what, but for God, had it not been for God, if God hadn't been there, if God hadn't come through, if God hadn't provided, if God hadn't healed, if God hadn't given me direction, I mean, we can go, we can be here a long time talking about the handiwork of God and the activity of God. Please don't measure the activity of God by just the supernatural things that happen in our daily lives. Because without God, I'd turn blue and die in a moment. God is helping me in ways, and sometimes it's just nice to stop and to think about it. 
As you think back over this year, ask God to show you things that he wants you to learn. I hear people say, you know what, Pastor, I'm struggling today with the same thing I was struggling with with the la last year. Well, you know what? You didn't learn from it. Amen? You didn't learn from it. You got to pass the course. Right? I mean, I know it's very simplistic, but you got to pass the course. And if you don't, he'll give you another opportunity. Remedial. <laughs> he'll give you another chance to get it right. Look back over your life this year. God, what are you trying to teach me? Show me what you want me to learn. Ask for discernment. That's a good thing to ask for. God, let me have discernment. Let me, let me discern where you are working in my life that I might not be aware of. Let me see those things. And then ask him, where are you leading me this year? What ministry are you wanting me to get involved in? Notice I didn't say if you want me to get involved, where you want me to get involved. Amen. I need, I need some amens there. That's a good statement there. It's not a matter of if I want to get involved. It's where I need to get involved. Small group ministry, drama ministry, outreach, all these things we could talk about for a long time. But ask God, where, where are you leading me? What do you want me to do? Many, Mary pondered what God had been doing in her life. And I think that's helpful that we celebrate Christmas by pondering all that God has done and what he's going to do. Lastly is this, glorifying. Glorifying. Look at verse 20. The shepherds returned, glorified and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. When these shepherds met Jesus, they were never the same. Please understand that. They, they were never the same. I, I get so sick of hearing people talk about, well, I'm, I know Jesus, and they're no different than they were before they ever said they met Jesus. When you meet Jesus, you change. You just can't help it. You're going to change. And if you don't change, you've not had a genuine encounter with the resurrected Christ. It changes. That's why Paul said that if any man be in Christ Jesus, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away, and all things become new. You know, these men were changed. They were profoundly changed by what they experienced on that Christmas, first Christmas night. I mean, think about it. What a difference a day makes, right? I mean, that's why every day, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Now is the acceptable time. Why? Because a day can make all the difference in the world. I mean, you think about it. The day before Jesus was born, what were these guys doing? They were in the fields tending their flock like they had always been doing. The same old monotony of the routine. We do it, we do it in 2022. We get up, we go to work, make some money to pay the mortgage so we can come home and go to bed, so we can get up, go to work, so we can make some money, so we can pay the bills. Just the monotony of the routine. They, that's what they were doing. That day was not like any other day they, they'd had as long as they'd been living. It was the same. But on the day after he was born... Things were different. Something had happened to them. They were, they were back in the fields, okay? But something changed. Only this time, they were back in the fields. Their hearts were filled with praise unto God. I mean, think about it. Luke says, the shepherds glorified God, having seen Jesus in the manger. What, they were overwhelmed by what they saw. They were overwhelmed at God's power, His grace, the promises of God, His goodness, the incarnation. And the Bible says they simply could not stop talking about it. I love this part of it. Is notice where they were glorifying and praising God. You know where they were? They were back in the fields. 
That's what I said. They returned. Where'd they return to? Back to the sheep. Back to the mess. Back to the smells. Back to the stubbornness. They went back to normal. Within 48 hours, they were back to where the angel first found them in the, you know, found them in the first place. But having seen the baby in the manger, again, here's the thing. It was time to go back to work. It was time to go back to work. See, here's the point. Christmas will, live, will end for us, okay? I mean, it's going to end for us. I mean, next week we've got Christmas and then you have New Year's, but then all of a sudden the decorations are going to be put back. So, so in here in a couple of weeks, all these beautiful uh, plants here are going to be gone, the Christmas trees, the garland, all this stuff that's going to be gone, the, the, these, uh, what do they call those? Snowflakes, <laughs> I didn't think of it. Snowflakes are going to be taken off the wall and something else will be put there. I mean, we just, things will just get back to, to, to normal. We'll pack the trees and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll put the ornaments away and we'll either use our gift cards or uh, we'll take the gifts that we have and we don't like them, we'll re-gift them. I mean, I mean we'll go exchange. <laughs> we'll take it back to the store to be exchanged. And a few days after that, the kids are going to go back to school and then we'll return to life as normal. But my question to you is this, but will we be changed by Christmas? Will we have been changed by Christmas? Or will it be business as usual? See, the day before these men, it was business as usual. The day after, it's still business as usual, but now they are praising and glorifying God. There's a difference. What happened? Christmas happened. Christmas happened. They were different. I mean, for the shepherds, life would never be the same again of what they experienced that night. It would never be the same. Oh, the work will be the same, but they're going to be different. See, for some of us here, you know, maybe the, 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 the ho-hum of your job just gets you down sometimes. You think, man, I, you know, here's, here it is right here. This is how you do it. Let the Christ of Christmas fill you with joy and peace and good tidings of great joy. Let it burst forth even in a monotonous job that you have. The work was the same. The sheep were still stubborn. They still smelled bad. They had to step in it every once in a while. But they were different. They went back to work with a new zeal, a new joy, a new love for God in their hearts. That's what Christmas does. People sometimes wish they could keep the Christmas spirit all year long. And they speak as though it was some magic. You know, if I could only keep the magic of Christmas that comes one time a year. Well, it, it really depends on what kind of magic you're talking about, okay? I mean, if, you're, if you mean the trees and the gifts and the chestnuts roasting on an open fire, Jack Frost nipping at your nose, if that's what you mean, yeah, it, it comes one time a year. <laughs> but the greater truth of Christmas is something that warms our heart 365 days a year. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. That's the good news. That is something I don't have to celebrate on December 25th alone. It's something I can celebrate all year long. Let me ask you this as I close. Guys, come on back. Would you like Christmas? Would, would you like Christmas to be all year long? And watch what I'm saying. I'm not talking about 
the pageantry of Christmas. I'm not talking about going by gifts every day. Oh. <laughs> I've seen some crowds. The only place I like crowds is in church. Listen, would you like Christmas to last all year? Well, here's the thing. If it, it can, if you will do what these shepherds did, that's it. Go back where you came from. Go back to your office, back to the classroom, back to the cab of the truck, your factory, your home. Go back to the humdrum of your daily life. But as you go back, go back glorifying God and praising Him. Let the spirit of joy, let the Christ of Christmas fill you to overflowing with joy. See, that's what the shepherds did. Christmas can't change their circumstances, but it deeply changed who they were inside. It changed them. And because it changed them, you know what it did? It changed the way they approached their daily routine. We're the masters of that. We're the masters of that. I can't control my circumstances, but I control my reaction to my circumstances. So my question is, have you seen the Christ of Christmas? And if you have, then go back to you were, go back to what you were doing before, only this time, take the memory of Christmas with you. Take the joy. Take the peace. Listen, most people have plans. They've got celebrations that they've got worked out. They've got lunches and dinners, and some people are going to serve Thanksgiving part two, you know, right? Some people will do you know, Mexican, some people will do seafood. When I was a kid growing up, we had seafood. That was, I, and which by the way, I love, you know, we do gumbo. Aye, you know, there's nothing better than good old Southern gumbo. Whatever, enjoy. Enjoy the kids ripping through the paper at Christmas. Enjoy somebody saying, well, I didn't really want that. <laughs> Just look at them with a smile on your face. Well, then take it back then. But don't lose the spirit of Christmas inside. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. That's why we celebrate. So what now? What now? What do we do when Christmas now becomes Christmas then? We proclaim the good news that Christ has come. We wonder at God's amazing plan and His activity in our world and particularly in our life. We ponder the works of God. We think deeply about what God is doing in our lives and the lessons that He's teaching us and how He's taking us from tragedy to triumph. We, we ponder those things and then we glorify God in our daily lives. That's what we do now. Regardless of what's going on in your life right now, the Bible says count it all joy. Count it all joy when you fall into these tough times. It doesn't say count it joy because you're going through it. Count it all joy. Why? Because in the deep dark valleys of life, he's with me. He never leaves nor forsakes me. So start where you are and God will be with you. Do these things and you will have Christmas all year long. Would you stand with me today? Like the song says, truly it is the most wonderful time of year. I know sometimes this year brings out the worst in people and, you know, people have been bad since the fall. <laughs> you know, really have. 
that grouchy person at the store, that's a product of the fall. That stingy merchant, product of the fall. That one who cheats you on, on something, a discount or what have you, that's product of the fall. But a Savior's come. And the message is still to everyone. Good tidings, great joy. May we not lose sight of that this Christmas season. That's the reason. I told the early service, you know, we all celebrate Christmas in a different way. I've got friends that I've mentioned before, and I love the way they celebrated Christmas because they taught their little girl that Christmas was really his birthday and that the reason we exchanged gifts was to honor his birthday. And so they had, that, they had a manger under their tree. And they would tell her, now, when the baby Jesus shows up in that manger, that's the day of his birth, and in honor of that, we give gifts to each other. And that's how she was raised. She would, you ask her about Santa Claus and Frosty, and she had no clue what you're talking about. And again, I'm not critiquing anybody. I'm just simply saying that we all celebrate different. They really made a point for her to understand this is Jesus' birthday. And we celebrate it by giving and receiving because God gave us the greatest gift of all. That brings new meaning and new, a new focus. And my prayer this morning, and I, I want us to have a time of prayer because I know we talk about good tidings of great joy that shall be to all people. But right now, not everybody's living with good tidings and great joy. Right now, there's some heartache. There's some disappointment. There's some letdown. Some failures. There's tough times right now. And as they sing this morning, I don't want you to have to go through that by yourself. And when they sing, and this is not about embarrassment, please understand, I truly believe this is my family. I love you with all of my heart. And I don't want you to walk alone. Uh, you're not walking alone. He's with you. But understand, we're his representatives too. We're here with you. So if you're hurting, this is not a time of good tidings, not a time of great joy. Maybe it's a time of heartache and disappointment and difficulty. As they sing, I want you to come down. And then I'm going to ask some of our brothers and sisters in the Lord to come and stand with you and pray with you. That may the joy of Christmas fill your heart. May the Christ of Christmas just take the darkness and radiate his light. So as they sing, would you come this morning? Let us pray with you. Go ahead. Will creation suddenly articulate With a thousand tongues to lift one cry From north to south from me come on we'll pray with you come on we want to stand with you this morning be magnified in our life lord well the whole echoing is eminence his name would burst from sea to Christ be magnified. 
Christmas gift to him is in my life be glorified Father today I thank you so much I thank you for Christmas and all that it means I pray for the, the lowly the sad the struggling but I pray that that the spirit of Christmas the Christ of Christmas would invade the darkness, would invade the areas of loneliness and disappointment and shine radiantly in our lives. May we walk out of here today, Lord, much like the shepherds. May we ponder those things. May we proclaim. May we glorify you. May we, may we be amazed at the workings and the handiwork that you're doing even right now when we're not aware of it, Lord. And help us to glorify you in the normalcy of everyday life be exalted and be magnified in us. Go with us now. I speak blessings upon every person here. Give us a great week, Lord, as we look forward to celebrating the Savior has come. I love and I bless each one now in Jesus' mighty name. And we all said, amen, amen. Merry Christmas to you. I love you with all of my heart. Thank you for being with us online. I'll see you next time. God bless you. If it puts me through the fire, I rejoice because you're there too. I won't be formed by feelings Hold fast to what is true If the cross brings transformation I'll be crucified with you Cause death is just a doorway Into resurrection life If I join you in your suffering Then I'll join you when you rise And when you return in glory all the angels and the saints, my heart will still be saved.
Be magnified. 